Hello and welcome to True Crime Diary, a light-hearted podcast on a serious subject. Every two weeks we look back through true crime stories to discuss an event that took place on this week in history. I'm your host Mark Decano and with me as always are my friends Jed Lester. Hello. And Rue Turner. Hello. So the date we're looking at this episode is the 12th of April. And in 1921, Inspector Jubelin of the Paris Brigade Mobile, or as we would call it, the Flying Squad, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> arrested one Monsieur Fremier on suspicion of murder. Monsieur Fremier was actually better known as Henri Désiré Landru, locally known as the Bluebeard of Gambay. And he was arrested and charged with the murders of 11 people. Oh, <laughs> Jim Ladd. Um, he's a pirate, isn't he? No, he's not a pirate. Why do I think, and I'm going to stick my neck out, most of the listeners <laughs> think that he's a pirate? Because the only pirate that anyone's heard of is Blackbeard. I've heard of Bluebeard. Anybody's Bluebeard's name I've heard of pirate. Bluebeard in no other context than, what, what even is this context? What's he done? He's Killed a serial people. murderer. Is he? In, anyone whose gone. name ends in beard is probably a pirate. <laughs> know, yeah, yeah. Mary Beard. <laughs> who's Ma- classical Mary Beard, pirate? Yeah. Who's Mary? Oh, Mary Beard. Yeah, that's yeah. who Mary Beard. Sorry, I was Plastic. getting confused. A pirate. I thought she was a pirate. <laughs> um, what era are we talking about? Pirate times. Well, as as I stated, nineteen twenty-one. What would you say pirate times are? Early 70s I'm gonna, century. Yeah, I was going to say age. that. Yeah. The golden age. That's, that's what it's called. <laughs> it's not, is it? Yeah, yeah. The golden, the golden age, of age of pirating. That's what they called it. The golden beard of pirating. <laughs> that's um, when you've got people like Blackbeard. Yes. And um, Charles Vane and... Pugwash. Pugwash. <laughs> all the other... Fa- um, Jack Sparrow. All the other famous pirates. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, right, okay. Well, there you go. He's not a pirate, everyone. He's not a pirate, apparently. Arr. So Henri Landru, he killed, that we know of, ten women and one teenage boy. Right. But he is also estimated to have killed many hundreds of people. Blimey. Prolific. Right. And he's called, referred to as the Bluebeard of Gumbai. Was he known of that, by that name due to history or at the time? He was known that at the time because of history. But not by his wives. But not by his wives. <laughs> so it's not an after the... Uh, moment uh, in history. I mean, name. It's he, he wasn't at the time called uh, Old Killer Henry. <laughs> okay, yeah. Are you marrying Old Wife Killer <laughs> Henry? Meaning, in the intervening years, in the hundred years, it's nearly exactly a hundred years or something, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. He hasn't come to be. He was known, known as, as the Bluebeard of Gambai after his arrest. At right. the time, okay, he would have been known as the Bluebeard. Um, in fact, he's become, he's probably as famous for being Bluebeard as Bluebeard because he was named after a folkloric character from France. Oh, right. Oh, who's given this particular name. Bluebeard, he was a philanderer as well, was he? Well, Who was yeah, the first yeah. one? Then? Well, it's a, as I say, it's a folklore. It's all very confusing. It's a ta- okay, so there was, was he a pirate? He was not a pirate, no. So as a character for folklore, I'll try and make it as brief as possible. So like asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> The story goes, more or less, I mean, there will be variations because it's many, many years old. The story goes... Once upon a time, there was a very rich man who had such a bright blue beard that all who knew him called him Bluebeard. This this character is a rich guy, lives in like a castle and... Um, Chateau. He, Chateau, thank you. translation, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a mizzle. 
Grand. And he, uh, he has had many wives who've all mysteriously disappeared. Oh, right. Okay. okay. Um, and then on one day, he takes a, an, another wife, a young maiden from the village. She goes to live with him in his castle. And he's going to go away. He leaves her the keys to the castle. Said the keys will open every door keys. in the castle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> keys. Except for that one. Except for one room, <laughs> which he may never go in. There's always one. Is that the rules? It's in the basement. You know, you can't go in that one. Okay. I'll give you the key to unlock every door yeah, in the yeah, castle, yeah. but don't go in that Are we one. Talking about I could the just ori- take that key off the key ring. Yeah, but I'm and not, not to- say this sentence. <laughs> and not, not say it. Yeah. We're talking about the original This is the apparent the, the folkloric yeah, tale. Fine, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he goes away, and the girl has a party and shows all her friends around the house. And this is the script of a hammer horror, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> basically. All, all, all horror films. Yeah. So she goes into the, the basement room. She can't control her, her uh, intrigue. intrigue. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she opens the door, and sure enough, the keys work. She goes in. The room, <laughs> oh, right, is, yeah, yeah. the room is full of blood and mm. bodies of wives hanging on chains on the yeah. walls. He doesn't and clean up after himself, does he? Uh, he puts them all in one room. It's though. a story, yeah. isn't it? Outside, I, I was gonna, it's a story, isn't this it? This is just a story. I was going to okay. say, it would smell. Oh, right. but, yeah, yeah, it would absolutely stink. Yeah. Yeah. And it wouldn't be covered in blood. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. No. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Get on with it. Then, Bluebeard comes back oh, yeah, early, yeah, yeah. as mm-hmm. they all do. Sacre bleu. <laughs> Beard. And then, Beard. Sacre barbe. And then, he finds out what's happened, and he's going to kill her, and then all of her sisters and family turn up and beat him to death. Oh. Oh, I didn't know it was going that direction. <laughs> yeah. Because Why of this the, tale, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, the, yeah. the, the name Bluebeard has okay. come to mean basically Someone a who's, serial philanderer yes, right, or, okay. you know, um, that sort of Well, so it was the perfect nickname for the real-life pirate. Although, <laughs> although, it's not a pirate. although Bluebeard, our Bluebeard, Henri Landru, he did not marry any of the women that he killed. They weren't his wives. Oh, okay. He just killed them. Right. What were you going to ask? Uh, no, I was just going to ask. The only thing when you were telling that story, the only thing I was thinking about is things that haven't technological evolution hasn't changed uh, over the intervening years. And I was just thinking of keys, keys, yeah. keys, rubbish. Still got keys. I know. Still got keys. Key, keys. Then key technology has yeah. moved on. I know it has, but generally, keys are keys, aren't they? Keys and are I can't keys. believe we it's still no use keys. No, it's true. This keys are rubbish. <laughs> keys are what? Rubbish. Keys are rubbish. They really are the, rubbish. Um, it's, uh, I know it's a bit of a tangent, but keys... <laughs> if you've ever watched anyone bump a barrel lock, you would never worry about locking any doors. Keys. If you think about 100 Just... years ago, and you think of okay. everyday technology Since... and what people would be... Yeah. Keys were top latest key, technology. Keys then. and bicycles <laughs> have not changed at all. Why haven't they changed? Keys are the same. Anyway... Yeah. So Landru was married to uh, his wife uh, Marie Catherine. They uh, met in 1887. She was his cousin, which uh, wasn't so uncommon in those days. Is she no. first cousin? Uh, that's my understanding. Yes. Okay. Um, they had a child before they were married. One illegitimate child. They got married, and then they had three more children. I like children. For breakfast. <laughs> mm. With his cousin. Yeah. With his cousin. Yeah. Is that bad? Yeah. Is it? First cousin, not good. Not so great. Yeah, only no. only only three of them were, were, had webbed feet, <laughs> <laughs> and the other one had web webbed eyes. foot because <laughs> <laughs> he only had one leg, one huge one leg. leg, one huge leg. Yeah, <laughs> mono leg. 
<laughs> Mono leg. <laughs> um, now she described him as a model husband. Right. Okay. Well, that's good PR. Well, if um, if you're the kind of person who marries your first cousin, you may not be the best judge. Well, yeah. His ambition was to become a great inventor. Right. And in 1898, he designed a motorbike. Good grief. Really? Yeah. It's a motorcycle. Two-cylinder, chain drive, one squeaky wheel on the front. 1898. Hadn't it been invented already? And yeah. The bike obviously a... exists. The bicycle obviously existed already. But Yeah, that was from like 1700. Yeah. The... Uh, Bone shaker. It was invented in 1894. There you go. <laughs> I've invented the laptop. <laughs> Here it is. He invented a, a motorbike. Okay, not right, the motorbike. That's not an invention. That's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a build. Yeah, that's exactly. something he made. He created his, something of his own design that okay. was a motorbike. Yeah. A bike. Yeah. It was motorised. Motorised bike. Okay. But having invented the, the Landru, as he called okay. his motorbike. Oh, yeah, yeah. He then basically conned people into investing in the ah. into the company. So that's the invention, really. The invention is the, yeah. the con. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Why is that a con? Well, because he never had any intention of manufacturing it. Right. Oh, okay. All right. Basically, he did that. He also designed a new uh, railway line uh, and, a, and an automatic toy for children. You know, for kids. I don't know what that was, what it what it looks like, or what it represents. You know, shadow okay. to think. But again, it's basically just conning people and saying, "Look, I've made a yeah. thing." But I, I mean, everyone will be massively impressed by those things. But at the time, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about for sure. Well, railway lines kind of work, did exist. You know, it's not, that's like not an invention of his. Well, again, he didn't invent the railway. He's just <laughs> he's come up with an idea and a design for a suburban railway in the one mm-hmm. side of Paris. Saying, "I'm going to do oh. this." A railway scheme. Give me your money. A scheme. Yeah. He's a schemer. Okay. Right. I'm not a schemer. By the time of the early 1900s, he's pretty much on the run from police and <laughs> hiding oh, right. away. Oh, right. Okay, so they're, they're on to him already at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's, he's a fraudster, yeah. And nicked a yeah. load of money. Yeah. Investment money. Yeah. He's, um, so by 1904, he's arrested in Paris. Um, he, he, he was arrested because he fell over in the street while running away from a bank that he tried to defraud. <laughs> <laughs> he said, oh, I've fallen. And the police went, ah, ah you're nicked. Get him. Oi! Um, and he was put into a Sante prison where apparently he tried to commit suicide, although the likelihood is that he, he tried to be caught in the commission of suicide. I, he sort of stood next to a rope. <laughs> and when a guard came around the corner, he went, oh, I was about to do this. Why does that put you in a different wing of, I don't know, being unstable, the mad wing or something? Well, yeah, it might have got him into the, the hospital. Yes, right, yeah, okay, which is less. Right. Uh, Maybe less secure. Sure, yeah, yeah. He was examined by a psychiatrist who said he was on the brink of madness, but mm. they fell short of ever actually saying he was mad. He wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't kind of insane. But okay. again, that might be just as much as, as what he wanted mm-hmm. to believe. As totally. Else. He's investing in his own future <laughs> by pretending to be mad. They're starting to build the narrative. Yeah. So he was two years in prison. And then he was in and out of prison again for the next sort of ten years. Gosh. 
Now, he got a great idea in 1909. <laughs> I say great idea. Yep. He got an idea. He, he, he posed as a wealthy businessman, and he basically tried to get a wealthy widow to hand over all her money <laughs> oh, yeah. by, in like a prenup. Sort of like a yeah, prenup. Like an anti prenup. Usually prenups are defending the money that someone has. Yeah, it's kind of like a it's a a dowry. Right. It's kind of like I'll I'll marry you if you give me all your money. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Kind of thing. Um, But again, he got caught in this swindle by her. Yeah. And he did another three years, and his father committed suicide while he was in prison. While um, Landry was in prison. It's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a, it was suggested by Landru's mother that his father committed suicide in exasperation because of his his son being a, right. a ne'er do well. Yes, which I find slightly odd. I mean, it was described that he had a fairly idyllic childhood, mm. but his yeah. mother what, didn't his mother die? Well, eventually, eventually. <laughs> <She definitely laughs> his father committed did. suicide, but that couldn't possibly be because of his criminal. It's a bit. Well, that's what she. That's what she suggests. I mean, it's. A, I mean, to me, that suggests not an idyllic childhood. I mean, I mean they were they were Catholic, so maybe that was just too much shame. <laughs> his childhood might have been idyllic because right. you know he was doing quite well. As he was an again Catholic upbringing, he was an altar boy at the church. He had a he was a had got a subdeacon post. I'm not very well versed in hierarchy of the church, but so was, an altar boy under the deacon. Hey, hey. <laughs> It all seemed to be going quite well. That it was a poor upbringing. His parents were, uh, I think, one was a, a laundress, the other was a stoker or something like that. So they were working. They were labourers. Yeah. Yep. And he was doing quite well in the church. But then he got this idea to start swindling people out of everything. I mean, you know, if he um, didn't have any money, you know. and it's, yeah, yeah. I and mean, as far as his, what he felt for his family, is t- when he came out of prison, he um, stole uh, twelve thousand francs. Um, which is about which 40 is about grand 50, 50 50,000 yeah. pounds from his family oh, right, so that's fine. the money that his father left for the all right, fine. for the, his wife and four children for their well-being but you know what they say home is where the money is and yep. he took all the money in oh uh, that's okay. so that's not the nicest no he's not a great guy we're learning <laughs> Uh, and then he did a, an, another huge swindle um, just before the outbreak of war where he claimed to be starting a car factory and he got people to invest in that and um, he got about 35, 36,000 francs for First that. investors. So a couple of hundred grand, yeah. Wow. wow. And he went on the run and then okay. came the war. The WWI. Yes, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's war! Drive through every village and town, wake every citizen up hill and down, tell them the enemy comes from afar with a hey-na-nani and a ha-cha-cha. So just quickly explain what happened to Paris in the First World War. Much, in the sense that it wasn't occupied. It wasn't occupied. No, the Germans were at the the gates, as they say. The enemy was at the gates. So only anything it did was scupper his ability to get investors because obviously everyone was concentrating on yeah. the massive war. Well, the war was what he profited the most from. Right. There well, being there having been a war. There's always warmongers. Yeah. Bear in mind, straight, uh, first of all, in 1914, he's gone on the run. War breaking out. Police have got more important things. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was convicted in absentia while he was on the run and sentenced to four years hard labour for the car factory for all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but so if they ever caught up with him, that's immediately four years hard labour. Yeah, four years hard labour 
about eight thousand miles away on a South Pacific island. Right, right. Yeah, right. this is those the French the, yeah, Empire. The islands they're about half the width of Australia to the east of Australia. Yes. Sure, yeah. I mean, we're talking about area off the coast of New Zealand, so like Vanuatu and those yeah, right, southern right, right. Pacific. Yeah. yeah. Uh, French Polynesia. French Polynesia. It's on the <laughs> island of New Caledonia. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> New Scotland. So hang on. He, that's where he would have gone. Had he been, if had he been captured. Yeah. He but, he gone there, but he wasn't captured. He would have been breaking rocks in the South Pacific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Wipe it in half here, boss. you <laughs> 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 <We> do. <laughs> He decides to settle down. He's found himself a place in a town called uh, Chantilly, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. just north of Paris. Where they make lace. Yep. By yep. the... <laughs> Famously. By the roll. Yeah. And they all have a pretty They're face. very ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and a ponytail hanging down. Now, he finds a, a young lady named Jean Couchet, mm -hmm. who had been widowed. Now, this is where he falls upon his uh, greatest scheme. He starts reaching out to widows and perspective how'd you do that well because, because widows of, for sale through Lonely Hearts advertisements uh, really yeah yeah exactly really? he's one of the original Lonely Hearts kids wow gosh is this post-war now this is during the war and post-war right. so it starts off during the war now bearing in mind that lots of widows during the war you have seen the women none of them are women they're widows the place has only widows widows needed widows needed is that his, <laughs> that's his advert widow seeks similar something yeah. So his latest scheme then was to to woo mm -hmm. widows and then liberate them of their the burden of their wealth. <laughs> okay. And then apparently he would then do away with them. Right. Charming. The first few have got to be tough. I I can't help but think this. I mean, when you're getting into the hundreds, all of them. I'm sure he's well practiced. So get into the hundreds? Yeah. Well, allegedly, it's oh, alleged God. that he. Yeah, it's alleged that there were hundreds. I thought you said. I think 11. he was. I think he was um, convicted of it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh God. I mean, that's like. Obviously, I don't know the time scale, but which is probably easily one a month, but probably more than one a month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's quite. On the basis that he wanted to woo them for only one. Money-based thing. Mm. Yeah. That's and once you've quick, got the money or you're at risk of discovery, you've then got to get rid of them. Sure, yeah. It was while Landru was living with Jean Couchet um, under the name Raymond Diard. Um, that was when World Breaker in August 1914. She thought that he, Landru, would look after her and her illegitimate teenage son, André. Mm -hmm. But? But no. Quite the opposite. <laughs> Now, apparently, she found out that he was on the run from the police. Okay. And she found, like, some various fake papers. And she found out, she went to confront him, but then pretty much was never seen again. So maybe she did confront him. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and like, he was never yeah. seen again. Yeah. This is perhaps a, a bit of my cultural ignorance, but if you have a wealthy single woman... What does she need him for? Yeah, I know, She's yeah. got plenty of money. I know what you mean. You might, might be right. It might be cultural, but also of the time period. But I think because he had an illegitimate son, so yes. a patriarch would lend legitimacy. Uh, and the notion of, uh, at the, as you say, at the time, the notion of just single woman is, mm. why aren't you married? That kind of yeah. thing I, hanging I, I over I guess them. perhaps he was a very genuinely 
nice guy to be around, even if he did kill you in the end. (laughs) It might have just been fun to be about. He must have been, because he had nothing that they needed. Yeah. He didn't really have any... Although he he did have money. He had other women's money. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of argument that his conviction was unsound on the basis that he was convicted of stealing all their money when it's been argued that a lot of these women didn't actually have any money. Hmm. But that would only just mean he was uh, killing for the joy of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that changes it entirely. That, that, that makes it arguably it, worse. Yeah. Because he had Not arguably no, massively. <laughs> he had no motivation. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, that just meant he was a total psychopath. Yeah. No motivation. Not, not that taking their money is a justification for having killed them. It doesn't make it no. any worse no, or but better. It's, it's but ar- he had a, again, an angle. <laughs> ra- it's arguably rational. He had a reason behind it. It wasn't just a, a lunatic. Yes. Okay. Even though. He then, even though he was mad enough to kill someone with their money, but you know, that, that, that does happen. I, I understand. Now, young Andre, um, he found yes. out to his joy that his recruitment to the army, which he was underage for, had been brought forward by two years. In 1915, he was going to go into to the front. Basically. Mm, so what age was he at that point? 17. 17. So typically, you'd go in at no, no, 19. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, or 18 would be an adult, so, I guess. So I 17. But he was, was 17 at this front. point, and he was told that his recruitment could be brought forward just mm. because somebody died. Mm. But um, That's pretty frightening. Now, he wrote to an, um, an uncle with the excitement about going off to war, and that was the last anyone ever heard of him. He didn't make it to the to the front. So what? What? Hang on. What, what are we suggesting happened there? He didn't. He didn't get join the army at all. Well, we know that Couchet, uh, yes, Jean Couchet, was alive in uh, January. Uh, sorry, alive at Christmas for sure. And we know that Andre wrote to his uncle in January 1915. So it's uh, thereabouts at that time that they both would have been killed. Oh. So Probably what? at the same time or thereabouts. So either he. He could one of them witnessed the other one. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. one witnessed right, the other. Yeah, okay. or, uh, That's actually murder. One of the worst crimes of all. So also illegal. So what was the net result of him killing those two? What did he gain? Because they they weren't were they married or they didn't they marry married, or anything. No. So he just had. He would have only somehow... got whatever they had with them at the time. But like I say, there's contention about whether they had anything anyway. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So on one hand, they're being told, said, that, oh, you killed her for her money, and the other side, they're saying, well, she didn't have any money. So we don't I, really I, know. I didn't, I just killed her. <laughs> I just love to kill. Yeah. Such a fatal romantic. Sounds very French. <laughs> <laughs> so subsequent to this, there were a number of, let's call them... Further. A number of... Further. Further. Deaths. Yeah. It's not very clear about when he met them, but or how long he was with them, or whether they were supposedly engaged or not engaged, but we were talking about a number of people that he would woo. He would find them through, again, Lonely Hearts advertisements. He killed, over the subsequent four, four and a half years, uh, another nine women. All in the same circumstance. Basically, yeah, they would be connected to him in some way or form because they of, of the, being together. The yeah. yeah, and then they would simply disappear and never be seen or heard from again. So, hang on, what did you say over the time period? Four, four and a half years or so? Yeah, up to about 1919. I was going to say, m- meaning uh, the war's ended by now. Yes. Yeah. But the fallout... Well, yeah, I mean, still... again, so by 1919, you've still got the aftermath of now all the people who are going to be now killed. Now what do we killed, do? Yeah, yeah. And you've got a land of widows. Hmm. Yeah. Up into the Somme. 
Yeah, I know you have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My great-grandfather's buried on the top. Oh, I see. Gosh. His, and you found stone. it? Found it, yeah. yeah. Wow. So he's got a full-on It's got a Commonwealth and... headstone with a full name on it, yeah. Wow, wow. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Consider the millions who... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he so. 100% French? Uh, he would have been French, yeah. He lived. He was born in France. Yes. Lived, he lived in France. Lived in London. And he died. <laughs> he lived in London. He's French. Oh, okay. He ran a shop called Decano and Son, uh, which sold um, gramophones and bicycles. And it was in the heart That's of good. London's current West End. Really? Where there is now a Starbucks. Really? Obviously, as in as in all shops. Oh, wow. But it was, I think, Good Street. Yeah. Good yeah. Street. Oh, in well, Theatre yeah. Land in West London, yeah. So that would have been Decano and Son bicycle and gramophone shop. That's excellent. And so he, is, is Kano a place? So Dukeno. <laughs> no, I think it's because it's from the Pas de Calais. So I think it has a, like a Dutch overtone, like Duke. Oh, right, okay. Duke. Um, and there's lots of different. Uh, there's like Duquesa and Ducanoi, and also the, the end of it changes a lot. All right. So, so I think it's something. Ducano, Ducavelle. I think it's something to do with the, like a, a duchy that would have been in that historically in the Ile de France. So nice. There you go. So I'm a Duke. Everyone. Right. Had it here first. Anyway, he did. So, of course, now it's post-war. You've got all the eligible males have all been killed. Yep. The police force is depleted because a lot of them went to war mm. and the rest of them got like a one policeman for the whole town. Yep. So no one's looking for him. <laughs> no one's chasing him. No. Even for his four years yes. of mm. hard labour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he's over no one's even got time to look to find the paperwork that suggests he might be. Yeah. Yeah. Now, don't forget, of course, that he's married with kids. I'd forgotten. <laughs> so as, for, as had he. Yeah. So for all his philandering, um, his wife and arguably children have been, I wouldn't say by his side, but have been looking after protecting him. Right. So there was a question later on about how much they knew, didn't know. Sure. She, Marie Christine, definitely helped him flog stolen stuff right. that he nicked from these okay. women. Whether she knew he killed them or not, I don't know. Well, nobody knows, but... Um, but she fenced. She was definitely in on something. Yeah. Right, right. So she would have been looking after him. So if anyone did turn around and say, where's your husband hiding from yeah. the police? You go, she'd have... I don't know She'd nothing. have known, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why they're talking like cockneys. No, no, I don't know <laughs> je, ne, je ne sais pas, she would have said, <laughs> or something along those lines. He moved to a place called Venuillet, which is um, about 35 kilometres north of Paris. Mm-hmm. And then later he moved to Gambai, I think about maybe halfway through the war. He finds lodging in a house called, the, I'm not really sure how to pronounce it, they're called the Villa Tris or the Villa Trick, which is outside the town of Gambai, hence the name Bluebeard of Gambai. Oh, right, okay. yeah, yeah. So, I somehow imagined that he was continuously travelling and slaughtering as he went. Presumably. Not like stuck in a house and... Knocking them off in the house. Oh, I, mean, so I didn't, I didn't they, imagine him. They came to him. Yeah, I didn't think that he'd be going to a town and then just killing women in the yeah, town. Yeah, but he's, yeah, he's going for women with money, meaning he mm. goes to them, presumably. Is that well? Again, he's got deal? he's he's got a new alias every time. Oh, he is yeah, staying he has. in a house, but he's again. This is it's not like everyone's asking for his identity papers every five minutes. No, of course he's. Yeah, he's yeah. A, Adverts in Lonely Hearts publications, he meets them, he woos them. Mm. So they're talking, they're chatting, and people see them around. No, no one's got any reason to think suspicious. <laughs> uh, Marie. And then just one day they're, they're gone. 
Right, right. Oh, they went away. word would get round. I know, yeah. Because, I mean, society and socialising was far more important then. People were talking to each other all day long. And they would see everyone each other. You know, no Instagrams, no messaging. You go and you speak to people. But you'd know. You exchange the news, you know. Unless they're rural farm houses or something. But even more so. A single woman wouldn't (laughs) be living. You're more anonymous in a city than you are in the country. Yeah. Right, yeah, well, True. I suppose because so. there's only three of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's a third of our town gone? I know, yeah. When, I, when I lived in Scotland, I knew everyone within five miles of my house. Both of them? How many were? <laughs> yeah, both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the nearest house was literally uh, one and a half kilometres away. So there weren't many, you didn't know many people, but you knew no, them all. But I knew everyone, yeah. Right. You were aware of them. I was aware did, of them. Still yeah. didn't talk to them. No. But they hated you. <laughs> Englishman, come here. <laughs> What accent's that? Is that your French Welsh. accent? <laughs> pirate. Welsh pirate. Welsh pirate. <laughs> so Londres is currently going by the name Georges Fremier. Sounds like a serial killer name. Is that what you are? One of Londres' victims named Celestine Bousson had a young sister called Marie Lacoste. Good pronunciation. Thank Hello. you. What? Different surnames. One of them's married. Married, yeah. Now, she... Did not like Landry from the minute she met him. Right. With her sister's disappearance. She knows a wrong end. She did not like Landry. And the moment uh, Celestine Bousson disappeared, she started to do her own investigation. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So Lacoste then was pretty sure something untoward had happened. Right, yeah, yeah. Landry thought he'd uh, cover himself by writing some postcards to the, the young sister. He sent two postcards from Gambay, uh, signing Celestine's name. Obviously, had she knew immediately Never there wasn't her the handwriting. <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. So she knew straight away. He's that getting he clumsy at the end, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and she wrote to the mayor, in fact, and it, to say you've got this man living in your town, Gambai, who's basically a swindler and a liar and possibly a killer, and you know to investigate it. And he denied any. The mayor denied any knowledge, but he very much knew who this man was. God. So he he knew him as by another name. He knew him as Raoul Dupont. So he's just using right. aliases left, right, and centre. But what he did do is he put her in touch with someone else who'd made inquiries, and it turns out that there's someone else who'd made inquiries. One of their relatives had been killed by her. Okay. So now you've got two people following up family members. But you've also got a mayor who's not interested. He's a bit of a dick. Yeah. yeah. Why is he not interested? What is it about mayors? Total yeah. night. So enter Inspector Jubelin of yeah. the Brigade Mobile. I'm looking for a murderer. Yep. Um, he interviewed both of these people. So Lacoste, the sister, and um, Pella, who was another s- sister of a previous victim. After the arrest, he put in a report about everything that he'd learned. And he basically said, <laughs> he put it across as though it was his investigation when it was actually... They'd brought the evidence, the yeah, yeah. And he said, yeah, oh, I, I worked it all out. I sure, did sure. Everything. But basically, um, it was luck by which Landrieu was actually finally arrested. Right. He was spotted by a friend of younger sister Lacoste. A friend of hers called Laura Bonnere saw him out with his current mistress of the time, Fernand Segret. Yeah, a new beau. A new a version. New, a, new, a new young, a yeah, young younger yeah. version. Yep recognised them and she went and told her sister and the sister phoned Berlin and told him he went to the shop where he'd been seen shopping and he got a business card and this had another alias on it Lucien Guier on Rue de Rochechoir 
Mm-hmm. That's Rue's surname, by the way. <laughs> Rue de Rochechois. <laughs> Everywhere. This is real surname. Actual My surname. Name is de Rochechois. <laughs> Rue de Rochechois. I might change my name to that. <laughs> now, this bit's a bit odd because Berlin, now having a name and a name and address, he gets a, he gets a warrant, an arrest warrant for Landru under the name Georges Fremier, which is the name he knows. Yes. But um, he couldn't arrest Lucien Guillet because the name on the warrant didn't cover. Yes, of course. Yeah, so yeah. he went home. Even though they were <laughs> all made up. Yeah. So he went home. Okay. Even though it is the same person, and even though both of those people aren't the actual person. Yeah, exactly. Does it, does because it, have, it doesn't say, would I'm it arresting like you, that? Henri Landru, alias Georges Fremier. Yeah. It didn't say Lucien Guillet. Would it work like that today? No. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I'm arresting you, Brian Smith. My name's not Brian. Oh, okay. Bye. Would would that would that happen? No, because you. No, because you would arrest them on suspicion of. It doesn't matter what their name is. (laughs) Take them in and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. You're the oh. Forget about it. (laughs) Sorry. Right. Yes. You just arrest them. I'm arresting you. On suspicion. Yes, I don't care what yeah. your name is. Yeah, right. Well, okay. You can right. call yourself anything you like. Yeah. Let's get down to the station, sort this out down there. <laughs> Go and cop me again. Whatever your name, <laughs> you'll fucking co- nick me, old beauty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, okay. So the yeah, next day, obvious. 12th of April, yes. Berlin returns with two other policemen and a new warrant, and then they <laughs> arrest Londru. Have a cigar? No, thanks. Have a warrant? Oh, we get lots of those. Hang on. So he hasn't done a runner? No. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> so he knew... Not, so not. 24 hours... We've come to rest. That's not me. Oh, right. <laughs> 24 hours earlier, he, he lucked out because of the name. He didn't go back till midday. I mean, he knew they were on screen. <laughs> I don't know why you're that's shaking some, your head. That summarises it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, I'm here. Silly old... That's it. That's the end of all murderers' careers. It just ends with a... Oh, God. The, um... He, they knew keep doing what it was that you were doing yeah. when you were getting away with it <laughs> yeah. I know they I, knew the law the thing that you're thinking of doing right now isn't something that you've done in the past and the, succeeded the law was Don't very much yeah. onto him and he didn't run away yeah, yeah. anyway I'm glad confidence but... forget the murders he's got an outstanding conviction to face yeah. four years yeah. hard labour I mean, I presume that didn't come into it in the end. Well, no, they didn't need that one because they they trumped it. <laughs> yes, of course. What with all the you could yeah. have made him get him, made him do it the four years and four then years what happened then... to him? Anyway, carry on. Yeah, I, I Gil, <laughs> Gil, not Gil. <laughs> Was he hung by a, off next to a guillotine? Hung by a blade. <laughs> I think I don't know what you're going to say about. It's probably. French it's death. France, it's early 20th century. So, he was caught. He was caught. Good. Yeah. Well, first of all, he refused that he was the man they were after. He said, I'm That's another not me. alias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not me. I'm any number of these other people. I'm Bertrand Dubois. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he said, um, I couldn't kill any of those women because they're all my friends. Oh. oh. I mean, See, not, I told you it was romantic. They're not here, though, are they? They're not here. They're so friendly, they ran away, never to be seen again. Mm. Dang, where'd they go? What they did find, the police, was they found a list in what's called a... a Entitled People I've <laughs> People Killed. Like, the, the dead, a dead pool. <laughs> he, uh, he, he had what was called a, a carnet, 
which is yes. basically a list of things, a list yeah. of things, a, book, a, a little book, yeah. a little black book, and basically it had a list of some names. Yeah, he chucked it out the window when they came to arrest him, and then they found it out in the street. What's this? <laughs> yeah, it's a list of. Uh, That's all kind of names. panicked escape, isn't it? Yeah, embossed <laughs> on the front. Henri Landru's book Ooh, of death. Chuck your book out. <laughs> People I've killed by. <laughs> <laughs> by the blue beard of campaign <laughs> this list had the names of victims sure. and like their money their possessions things that he sold they found um a garage in the uh in a, a suburb of paris called uh, clichy and he had other storage depots as well so he had like furniture and things he basically just gathered up stuff and he was selling stuff off and he had this list and basically it's a bullet it's just, there you go there's their names there's the money you've made out of so they basically they said this is direct evidence of murder you've fleeced these people of everything mm-hmm. and you've kept records of it but his argument was he was selling furniture on their behalf yep and that's just he's just made notes of who his customers were he's a furniture dealer that's a bit of a call back to the Richmond murder isn't it ah there you go you see he's selling furniture they knock her off and just sell the furniture oh yeah they did find some uh, charred bones but the director of the police laboratory said they were a veritable puzzle okay. <laughs> that was his professional that a that's a quote right. I mean he would have said it in French one assumes meaning he a didn't, puzzle he didn't veritable, know veritable. what was going on <laughs> meaning he couldn't make head or tail of yeah. whether they came from the head or, or the, the tail, tail. <laughs> of, yeah, a, yeah. of a person yeah. um, he said that um, they came from three or more skeletons but they couldn't tell if they were male or female they're, just, they're human bones that's all they could make out mm. But they were fragments. Bear in mind, you know, there had been bombs in Paris in the First World War. So Plenty. Could have come from anywhere. There were flaws in the case. I've already mentioned that um, some of the people maybe didn't have much money. Some were arguably destitute. Only two or three of them, like Celestine Bousson, who was um, Lacoste's sister, had money. That's um, more of a sort of an adjustment of the MO. It doesn't really make him innocent or guilty. The fact that they yeah. didn't have any money. Yes, but the prosecution's argument that they were it was for their it was for profit um, falls down when nine of the eleven people didn't have money yes. to profit. But oh, yeah, yeah. true, arguably. he may have believed they had money, Possibly. which is independent of them having money or not. Sure, yeah, yeah. So along with Landru, also his wife and son were arrested um, mm. in nineteen nineteen. They were kept in prison for six months before they eventually decided that. They couldn't take them to trial. Without. You were suggesting that they, I'm, I'm going to quote you, definitely knew. <laughs> yeah, they So how come the police, did, they they just couldn't, uh, they, they did, also they definitely well, knew but couldn't prove it? Yeah, the son, the apprentice, alleged apprentice, inverted commas, he admitted uh, he, he helped Henri with uh, gardening work. Right. Now, that whether that means burying bodies yeah. or, or what. I mean, you just, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, it's not really clear. Sorry, that was the youngest son. The eldest son was arrested for swindling, for thefts. But again, it's it's possible that he was involved in covering up by basically lying. But whether he actually knew what he was yes, lying he about, not have known at you all. Know, what could be proved? Who knows? Sure. Mm-hmm. We know that his wife Marie Catherine um, forged signatures on to to get savings from the women's accounts but she might okay. have been complicit in fraud but again they didn't have the evidence to sure. do that but certainly wasn't part of the murder or certainly wasn't charged with any part of the murders 
Um, she said that she was innocent of it, and they didn't really have, again. They didn't have anything to prove it. So after six months, uh, this is about a year long investigation. Mm-hmm. After six months of them being in detention, they were both released. Right. There was an argument about Landrieu whether he was competent to stand trial, whether he was insane. Mm-hmm. In fact, the um, the lawyer for the prosecution, in his own in his own case notes, argued for both sides. He said he was a savage monster, but then on the other hand, he also said he was uh, fit to stand trial. So either he's a nutter or he isn't. Mm. So he confused his own prosecution. However remiss the prosecutor has been in complimenting me, he at least admits that I have brains. Thank you, monsieur. I have. Well, I always found that as kind of a slightly grey area. Is like, if you're killing people, are you sane? If he's killing them for profit, again, that's a rational... Just because you can it's rationalize not a good it, thing, you know, <laughs> but it's a rational thing. Yeah, well, it's it's a, whether your rationale fits with Jeffrey Dahmer rationalized most of his work. Uh, yeah, again, it's whether your rationale is yeah, he's yeah, the same as everyone else's, which is totally subjective. Yeah, but if you if you think that like Son of Sam said that your dog told you to do it, that's fine if everyone else's dog is talking to them. Yes, <laughs> because right, yeah, that's yeah. arguable. Well, that they that's are, rational. aren't they? <laughs> hey, my cat Elsie talks to me all the time. That's a cat, not a dog. Oh, everyone yeah, knows cats talk. Yeah, dogs are stupid. <laughs> I've seen Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> Have you? A cat talk. More often than is healthy for More any adult got male. A talking cat. That's all I'm going to say about that. And nothing about Melissa Joan Hart. Point proven. So during the course of the police investigation, they decided or they, they calculated that Londru had definitely, during the period of the First World War, been in contact with at least 283 women. Oh, God. I've probably been in contact with no, 283 you women. You absolutely have not. You haven't even been in contact. I've been in contact with three women. <laughs> you haven't even been... Well, anyway, what are you talking about? What is, what, what is the meaning of in contact? Says hello with... to in the street? Yeah, exactly. In romantic correspondence. Okay, no. <laughs> no, no yeah. absolutely Yeah, both of not them. Not three between the three yeah. of us. Redact your statement. Now, of, of whom, 72... They could never find. They never managed okay. to trace. Well, arguably, they struggled to trace him. True. They struggled, but they did trace him. And then there was yeah. lots. That's one person. This is, we're talking about I, more I than suggest that they put less effort into each of those 70-odd women than they did into tracing They're him. Not the yeah, but if they found greatest. one woman who'd said, did he try to kill you? And they, yeah. yes, he did. <laughs> that <laughs> would have been pretty uh, yeah. damning. Evidence. They're not the greatest. Are we talking about detect? We're talking about the police, are we? We're talking about the one the greatest detective. I mean, it, no, the uh, police aren't never, the greatest detectives. We are never they? heard of <laughs> 72, 72 women. You never heard of ever again. It's like what, what about they their families and their. Again, this is post World War One. Yeah, but so, we're not yeah. talking like in thirteen twenty. Two. We're talking about 1922, where there was some sort of well, yeah. Again, the police, the, the police were few. And there were fewer of them. There's like one cop per town, basically. Mm. Oh, and then right, you've got yeah, okay. so there's fewer of them. People well, get married, they move, they change their names. You know, yeah. Anything can happen. We don't know. They might have left the country. Mm. You know, or they could have all been murdered and buried in the ground, or burned yeah. in another. Yeah. Just seems a bit strange that. The the either or is, I mean, she might have got married and left town, or she was brutally murdered. It's like, well, well was it? Why is that a toss up? Well, look, look at it. Look at it from the other side. They found out that there had been correspondence with two hundred eighty three women, mm. of whom two hundred eleven yes women they were able to trace. Right, oh, and okay. seventy two they weren't. 
Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, they found a lot and then the others they couldn't find for whatever reason, okay. possibly right. deceased. So it went to trial and the trial was sensational. Celebrities came yeah. to watch the trial. Wow. Uh, so who were celebrities? Who's a celebrity? So early post-world, mid-post-war celebrities. Post-World War One, France. Oh yeah, Laurel and Hardy. Again, who you, who, <laughs> yeah, who you and I would think of as celebrities yes. might not be. I can tell you that Maurice Chevalier was there. Oh right? yeah, well, yeah, he went there. Why on earth would he go to that? Everyone went. Yeah, everyone was anyone. Le Petamin. <laughs> was he that era? It was filmed, so maybe it would have been. It would have yeah. been early cinema, yeah. So maybe <laughs> it would have been 20s. Anyway, but I can tell you that Rudyard Kipling was there. Good grief! Now he went. He was in Paris to receive an honorary degree from the Sorbonne, I believe. Right. And uh, yeah, he, he attended. But the he trial. got a few quotes from that. Hey? Just something to do while you're out there getting meaningless degree. Yeah. Well, <laughs> come for the degree, stay for the massive murder trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The judge, Gilbert, completely <laughs> lost control of the trial. Oh, yeah. By the time it reached its end, there were twice as many people in the courtroom than the courtroom had capacity to hold. Oh, good grief. 500 people were in the courtroom. Oh. He had lost control. Completely lost control, yeah. The jury deliberated for, th- for three hours, and it was, they came back with a majority verdict of guilty, but by nine to three. It wasn't even a unanimous after three hours. I mean, no, it's not very long, though, is it? Yeah, but we've talked about trials where the jury deliberated for 20 minutes or 30 minutes yeah. and come back unanimous. So. They deliberated for three hours and still hadn't reached a unanimous decision. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'd have thought Did for they? a death sentence, you need a unanimous. You know, can't, no, really. Can't be, yeah, most of us. <laughs> most of us think he's probably done it. He's probably, probably done it. <laughs> Seven to five? Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> They accepted the judgment of guilty on all 11 murder counts. The jury also found him... Even though three of them... <laughs> didn't agree three, three, three of them were sitting there, thumping their fists <laughs> on the table, going, he never done it. No. All right, no. let's say he's innocent of 10 and guilty of one, because you only get to kill, no, be that's killed true. once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Or you would... Would it be like British law that you only he only needed to kill one to hang yeah. or to be yeah, chopped yeah. up. You still only need to be one conviction. Was it was so, it a binary thing as in did yes. he kill eleven women or eleven people or did rather, he kill one of them? Or was it eleven counts yeah, that were yeah. individually brought and forward? And if one of those came up yeah, as exactly then yeah. it it been, if it was a unanimous vote for counts. one of them sure, yeah, yeah. he's done. Yeah. No, it would have been eleven counts. Eleven counts. In the eleven charges so, of murder. Yeah. Plus he was also charged with um, the frauds and as well. Oh, yeah. He was found Not unanimously that. guilty of all of those. And the four years that he was still owed. And he still had four years of hard labour coming to. Yeah. But t- did he get off that? <laughs> In a I way. Think, yeah, I reckon he did. I In a manner of speaking he did. Win win. Yeah. <laughs> but again, that wasn't even the, the end of it because then the the uh, the, the defence got <laughs> got the jury to put their names to a petition for clemency what so the jury just delivered the verdict yes of guilty and then before the sentence has been passed in that interim period he got all the jury to sign a a request to the judge for for clemency a request which Laundrieu didn't sign he refused to sign it but nine of them (laughs) thought he was guilty yeah. So, yeah, he's definitely guilty. But be nice. Be nice to him. <laughs> he's definitely, yeah, he's definitely guilty. Let him off, eh? Just let him <laughs> off. It's fine. Seems like a nice. We haven't bloke. got that many men left. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he might be a vicious killer. But yes, one more, one more. Let's keep the gene wow. pool open. Wow. 
But uh, yeah, Landry himself said, no, no, I'm innocent. I'm not signing a desperate plea, plea for clemency at the 11th hour. I didn't do it. He eventually signed the plea for clemency, but the president said no. Yes. So, 25th of February, 1922. A hundred years and a week ago. From the time of recording. I'm giving away when we're recording this. A <laughs> hundred years and a week ago. Right. Landry was taken from his prison cell mm-hmm. outside the prison and here it is the bloody guillotine where he's executed and that time from his prison cell to his beheading was 20 seconds oh gosh that's efficient yeah do they get a bag on their head or do they no sometimes you you, no. you see everything I, I, you face down so did he die <laughs> at first yeah <laughs> There's a lot of debate on how long it takes for you to die afterwards. Is there? I think both me and Mark have both selected beheading as our death of choice in the past. In a conversation. I I chose being ripped apart by trains. Yeah. I mean, that would Going be in the other direction. Yeah. Uh, be- beheading is... Yeah, it'd be better than if trains going in the same direction. <laughs> that's just being dragged this along behind, easy. behind two trains. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it's just standing on the first plane. That's just travelling by train. That's <laughs> um, why so I chose it. Yeah. Um, um, there is experiments been done, and yeah, they the, claim... No, there hasn't. Yes, yeah, there has. Yeah. So hands up, who... You're just doing an experiment. <laughs> Put your hand up if you've had your head <laughs> So... We're going to do this to you. Count to five and then answer this yeah. general knowledge question after we've cut your head off. I think there's two... There's two. If you've had your head cut off, nod. <laughs> <laughs> Blink once for yes. Three, two, one. <laughs> uh, uh, what's the fastest land animal? <laughs> <laughs> the um, There's two classic experiments, aren't there? There's the one where... The person is asked classic experiments. The ones that people classic. already always cite in these ridiculous conversations yes. that we're having. One is um, where the person, the, the deceased, yes. was asked to, I think, blink or for as long as possible or something like that. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it as long yeah. as they could, and that was about. They, apparently, that was that's been recorded at like six seconds or something like that. Apparently, but that could, again, they could they start could yeah. have blinked and then the nervous reaction. Just I know, yeah. Going, or they could have gone. I'm gonna. I'll tell them I'm not going to do what they ask me. Yeah. I'm going to go. Oh, if you're still alive, don't make any motion at all. <laughs> so I'm saying, I'll show them. I'm going to sing, Oh, what a beautiful morning. Uh, the, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, Hang on, he's gone mad. And then the, the other one is, uh, so, again, this has got to be apocryphal, but the, yeah. the other one is that uh, a, a head fell into the crowd um, oh, yeah. and, and to someone and the head and the head said ow <laughs> which, yeah. Yeah, which that has got must to be, be yeah that's got that, to be nonsense because they've got no fucking exactly, larynx yeah. but, you know, no. they've got no lungs, no lungs with no which nothing. to force air through yeah, yeah. No. Uh, apparently I think and again I don't know if it's true or not but there was one one head basket head was slapped and it blushed but I think yeah and the, that's the other one that I heard was um, and I can I wish I could remember the guy's name um, but he wrote an account of when... After he died. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was at a beheading to, to test this, and the head fell, and it fell neatly on the stump. Right. Um, and he said he couldn't believe his luck. It was just, you know, just a perfect timing. So yeah. the head fell neatly on the stump. Which stump? And, well, on its only stump. But it would have been laying down. The bit, the bit where it would have been joined to the body. So it just fell back so on the head. Yeah, so it just fell, the head just, head just fell neatly... 
onto its fleshy parts on the ground. I don't see how that's and he, Oh, you, oh, you onto fell, the head <laughs> fell up. You mean I, it fell on its yeah, neck? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. fell I thought upright. it fell onto the back onto, back his, onto his shoulders. Like he's standing up. And went, oh, starts a bit. <laughs> right, okay. Fine, and fine. Um, yeah. so he called its so it was name. a head. And the eyelids opened and the eyes turned to his face. And, fo- and like you can like when someone focuses like a, on you, you can yeah, see that sure, the eyes that could have been someone under you. the platform operating it like a puppet. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. could have been uh, Jim Henson <laughs> responding. I can fly. <laughs> so, um, and he did this several times. He would call the guy's name, and yes. the eyes would open and turn to him, and then after a couple of seconds, it would glaze over and just close oh, yeah, again. Yeah. And, then, and then he would call its name, <laughs> and then it would, the eyes would open, and so it would turn. To his cheek. And he said that happened about, I think, three three or four times over the course of about 20 seconds. And he said, and then the last time, the eyes, he said, the eyes glazed like a dead man's I mean, and, and didn't move eyes, anymore. That's surely rubbish. And that's pretty haunting, if it that's is. the case. Surely rubbish. Yeah, it's all bollocks, isn't it? Neck, I don't I mean, from. I don't see why chopped. it wouldn't continue. Why the head wouldn't continue to live afterwards for a few seconds? Yeah, for at well, least the a few not seconds. Well, getting any oxygen, so it would be pretty quick, and then it would use more oxygen to force. The brain dies of oxygen death after about ten minutes. Up well, until you have it chopped off, <laughs> like if you, your neck. If you if you block oxygen, you'd use if you more, block blood flow to the head through the neck, it, it'll be dead in ten minutes. Yeah, but you use but, more energy from and oxygen from you, electrical impulses and mechanical impulses and moving it. And yeah, you use all, everything up pretty quick trying to yeah, move yeah. things around. Yeah, I imagine. I I'm think you've got I, definitely. I would think you've got a few seconds at least. I'll bear that to in do mind. what the, of of living right. to a song. Weirdly, he was buried in the cemetery, and then five years later, he was dug up and buried in an unmarked grave. So, oh, okay. I think that might be just because I didn't want to pay for the plot anymore, the family. Oh, right. But it's, it just seemed a little odd that he would be buried in a marked grave to start with. Mm-hmm. Bearing in mind, he was the blue beard had come by. However, his head did oh. not make its way into the grave. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Short coffin. His head, in fact, made its way to the Museum of Death in Hollywood, California. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Of course oh, it did. Where it sits to this day in its mummified state. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. That's a bit macabre. Where's, sorry, where's this? Hollywood. Where, really? of, of course it is. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah. I wonder how... This Is, the is it in, like, a pickle jar or something? California's known it's to be quite warm. It's in a glass warm. case on a little stand. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. I'm not going to go to that museum. Yeah, well, we we've got Burke's entire body, Burke the killer, yeah, in, so. in Scotland. Now there was the one thing. Um, in 1968, that there was a sketch that Laundrie had drawn while he was at trial of his oh. oven. Right, as you do. Uh, uh, yeah, he was doodling. One of the lawyer's daughters, Morrow, the defence lawyer, his daughter produced this sketch that obviously Laundrie was his client and it had a picture of the oven and next to the oven was written one can burn anything in here (laughs) (laughs) okay and on the back of it Laundrie wrote the words uh, this demonstrates the stupidity of the witnesses nothing happened in front of the wall but in the house and no one really knows what he means by that but Mm. I think the implication is clear everything happened in that he killed them in the house and he burned them in the oven right okay right look in the oven 
so a lot of people take the reveal of this sketch in 1968 as his final confession. Uh, if you okay. like. uh, yeah. Would that have been like a fire oven? Yeah, it would have been a wood, it was a wood burning I'm, stove. I'm yeah. burn anything in mine. And not like the little pot belly ones that we have in our homes. It wasn't and, big. It was not a big not stove. Big. They but were, it, my point is, is if it in my our oven. I don't think I'll be burnt. I mean, I'll slightly singe. But I'm, yeah, not with, I mean, I'm not getting rid of I it. I couldn't get a cat. I couldn't get rid of a cat in my... If I murdered a cat, I couldn't get rid of the cat. I'd have to chop a up a cat. If, let's talk about if you're going to get rid of cats. <laughs> my point People, is, no, let's not. it needs to be a very, very, very hot yeah. oven for, yeah. for nothing it to does, be left. Yeah, yeah you need to get into four figures to get rid of bone. <laughs> yeah. It's got a four-figured oven. <laughs> Um, well, the oven itself was purchased. Oh, it was sold Christ. at auction in 1923, a year after the execution. And the um, so the, it was a hot ticket. Uh, yeah, mm. so the guy who put, um, <laughs> the man who bought it <laughs> wanted to take it on an exhibition to Italy to mm. show it off. Uh, he took it to Turin, out of French jurisdiction, but fortunately, the authorities in Turin said no, and they banned the ex- exhibition. <laughs> Is it? the case though that the oven only came into real interest in 1968 well, the sketch, when he actually confessed because of what he wrote on the sketch that's him taken as a confession Yes, he maintained his innocence at the time Yeah. whereas the oven oh. in and of itself was uh, oh, okay. A, a so their assumption interest. ultimately they assumed it was, was in correct. the oven yeah. Yeah. so they said okay. well let's all talk about the oven and then in 68 years later Said, oh, it this, was right. This implies that he did burn them. Right, yeah, right. Apparently, and that would explain why he didn't travel wildly around if he's got a nice big he's oven. Got a bit of an oven to carry around. Just invite yeah. them back. Yeah, yeah. Con them out of the money, and then burn them. Do you want to get in my oven, <laughs> Marianne? Uh, in 1944, John Carradine did a. Uh, a film very loosely based on the story, but the classic is 1972 with Richard Burton. Richard Burton. Richard Burton. When it come and see my oven. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's exactly what it was like. Yeah, um, yeah we've just watched the uh, trailer of the <laughs> Bluebeard. It's I mean, it looks. I don't think it'd get made today. In fact, they. I'm talking about the. The would he get made today? The subject matter is a bit safe too. to say we have different values today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think they would make a movie about Bluebeard, but whether they would make that movie, I'm yeah, very much sure. Out. There were lots of new verbs, weren't there? Oh, there were the because uh, <laughs> he killed a lot of people in the film, and one of them was uh, one he shot, one he drowned, one he coffined, he coffined, and that's apparently closing the coffin and. Well, he chandeliered. He chandeliered yes. one of them, yeah, by <laughs> dropping a chandelier on him. Which isn't a euphemism, it's she literal. He was chandeliered. One he uh, falconated. Falconated, oh <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, That's yeah. definitely a euphemism. That's, uh, he killed her with a falcon. A falcon attacked her for some reason. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it, it wasn't great. It didn't look great. And his beard looked a bit false. <laughs> it wasn't blue. No. So there's two films that are famous. Mm-hmm. Now, have you watched one of them? I don't know. I've watched. I have watched a film. I'm I don't know if it's one of the famous. I've watched a film. I've, <laughs> I'm going to assume because I've met you that you watched the French language Landru by Claude Chabrol. 
You don't know me at all. <laughs> did you? See, no, actually, I did. I tried watching that. My French so isn't you did. quite <laughs> isn't quite go. up to par. I couldn't find it with an English subtitle. Okay. Um, so you had a go at it. Yeah, I had a go at it. But what, I what year is that? That's uh, 1963. Hmm. It's famous, but it's yep. contentious because, first of all, it ignored four of the murders completely and made the app that the other ones were all so very it was rich and attractive. Adaptation. Uh, it's Hollywood. Adaptation. But it was yep. called Landru, so it's based directly on the case. Oh, okay. mm. Now, um, Chabrol, the director, was sued by Fernand Segret, Landru's mistress, um, okay. or last mistress, I should say, because she didn't like the way she was portrayed in the movie. Oh, right. <laughs> she was portrayed in the movie. And she actually won some damages, not a lot. Mm. Wow. Um, but the one that's more famous uh, one. for English speakers yes. was... Um, Carry on, Blue Pit. <laughs> ...was in 1947, a yes. film called Monsieur Verdu, ah. which is Charlie Chaplin. That is the oh, one right, I've seen. Right. Oh, OK. okay. But um, again, it's loosely based. Um, is, is it good? It is good. Yeah, it's really it's good a, fun. It's a, it? it's a comedy oh, yeah, yeah. about a bank what? clerk who murders women. <laughs> it, does he play it? No. Yeah, he plays the title. Yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah. I thought he'd uh, foil the plot, kind of. No, he plays the killer. Ooh, wow. Yeah, his comic timing is absolutely exquisite. Mm. Yeah, he's so precise. It's yeah, yeah. wonderful to it's watch. Great, great. Yeah. Where can I see that on a DVD? Yeah, <laughs> oh, really. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's adapted from a script that he bought, that was written by Orson Welles. Mm. Mm. That was funny. Yeah, Very it funny. is funny. Yeah, yeah it's witty and yeah. charming. And you know, uh, I mean, as long as I need would, to watch would have to have been. Uh, a wit you know? and a charmer, yeah. Feel as I need to watch it because I can't see the where he's yeah. wrenching the humour out. But and they do kind of, they do stick in some classic kind of Charlie Chaplin slapstick moments. Yeah. Where he falls sure, backwards yeah. out of a window sure, on the first yeah. floor. And it, it's. It's. Onto so, a woman's. It, it's it's a lovely off. moment. He just flips backwards. But. Yeah. It, nobody else could have fallen quite so well as yes, he did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he made his—he broke into vaudeville as a professional drunk. Oh, yeah, that was his act yeah, yeah. to fall around and fall over things. What's so, your act? I'm good at falling over. Good at falling over. You're hired. That's how he got into the movies. Well done, Charlie Chaplin, the greatest serial killer of all. <laughs> fact. That's all for this time. If you want to know more about what we've talked about on this episode, then just Google it or something. You can listen to all of our previous episodes on our website. That's www.truecrimediary.co.uk. Please remember to leave a review on your podcast provider if you can, or you can email us. That's stuff at truecrimediary.co.uk. My thanks to Jed and Rue and to all of you for listening. And we'll see you again on next date in our True Crime Diary. <laughs>